I've got a little hoarseness tonight. Tonight I've entitled this message, and some of us on the when we get to kind of the end of it, this may be something y'all haven't heard before. I don't know. I did a little research on some things here, but anyway, I've entitled this message, "Who Caused Jesus' Death on the Cross?" Uh, you know, we are in what we'll call our Easter, you know, I'd rather call it the resurrection time than Easter, but Easter is, is, is it, that's just what about everybody says, and it's hard to get away from saying Easter instead of, res, you know, instead of Easter Sunday, I'd rather call it resurrection Sunday. That's actually what it is. And uh, Easter actually is from a, a part of a pagan word. It was a pagan goddess. Her name was Eshtar. And they took that word Eshtar and turned it into Easter. And, uh, but Easter itself is not a pagan name, but it, it come off of a pagan name that the pagans celebrated. And, uh, but anyway, I like to call it Resurrection Sunday. But anyway, you know, we are fixing to celebrate Resurrection Sunday this coming Sunday. And we all know that is the Sunday in which the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the tomb. And, uh, but uh, over the years, a number of preachers, theologians, as I have studied this, they said they had mistakenly claimed that the Jews crucified and killed Jesus. They were blaming it all on the Jews. And then others claimed that it was the Romans crucified and killed Jesus. And many have said it was you and me that killed Jesus, that it was our sins that put him on the cross that caused, that caused his death. All these people mentioned the, the Jews, the Romans, us. We had a responsibility and part of it was us. But you know, the Bible tells us who killed Jesus. In Scripture, it tells us. In John chapter 10, verse 18, listen to what it says. Jesus himself is speaking. Jesus himself is telling us who put him on the cross. It says, Jesus said, No man takes it from me or my life. No man takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself. Jesus, he said, in the finish up, he said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commandment I have received from my Father. Jesus said that no man has the power to take his life. He said, I laid my life down myself. It was my thoughts to come and to die for the sins of the world. So instead of us trying to blame it on just the Jews, just the Romans, it was all of us. Because he he laid down his own life of his own free choice. But he did it for you and me. He did it for everyone that was 
<laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah, but in, in there, Jesus said, No man takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself. And, uh, you know, it was Jesus, Jesus was responsible for his own death. And that's what he says. He says, I chose to die for the world. He said that was the only way that our sins could be forgiven was the shedding of his blood. Whether we realize it or not, Jesus was God's sacrifice for us. Jesus was, lamb, was God's lamb that he allowed to be sacrificed for our sins. You know, back in the Old Testament, they would bring a sacrifice every year, and that would cover the family. That sacrifice would have to die. The, 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 excuse me, the priest would cut the, the sacrifice's throat, whether it be a bullock, a lamb, whatever, and it had to die. But blood had to be shed. Well, the Bible tells us, for there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, because blood represented life. Without blood, you have no life. So that is why the blood had to be shed, because blood represented life. And uh, and we ask, well, why would Jesus lay down his own life for us? Why would he do this? Well, and again, this is Jesus' own words. Here in John 15, verse 13 through 14, listen to what Jesus tells us. He says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And we're considered Jesus' friends. Listen to what he says here in verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. But he laid down his life. He said, you are my friends. I love you, and I laid down my life for you so that you can have eternal life. Yes, Jesus laid down his own life as a sacrifice for us. He laid down his own life so we could be brought into a relationship with God. We had lost our relationship with God through sin because the Bible again tells us, for God cannot look upon sin. So God could not look upon us until his son came and died on that cross and took our sins on him. Jesus removed our sins so that we could have a relationship with God. And uh, Jesus was the only one who could do this because, like I said a while ago, he was a sinless lamb of God. You know, it's just like uh, whenever John was at, <coughs> was fixing to baptize Jesus, he was there on that Jordan River, and he looked up. He was there with a number of people. He saw Jesus coming. John said something. He said, look, the sinless Lamb of God. Now, people may not have known what really John was talking about, but every single one of those people knew the purpose of the Lamb, because they did it every year, the sacrifice. So even John himself, here, the sinless Lamb of God, as, they, as Jesus was approaching. Of course, then John went ahead and baptized Jesus. After the baptism, and of course, we all know that Jesus went into the wilderness or the desert to be tempted by Satan. 
And uh, Satan didn't win that battle either. And he never will win the battle against God. And as we look back, you know, last Sunday was Palm Sunday. As we look back, we see that Jesus himself chose to come into Jerusalem on that Sunday 2,000 years ago. Jesus made that choice. And he'd been telling his disciples, I must die, but I will rise again. Well, Jesus made that choice that he was going to die. On his way to Jerusalem, he tried to explain to the disciples it was his time. His time was coming. He was coming to finish up what God had sent him to do. He was coming to Jerusalem to die on that cross. Jesus knew exactly why he was coming. And it's not, I, you know, you got to wonder. I don't think it was something he was looking forward to doing, but it's something he knew he had to do for us because of his love for us. Jesus chose his own death on the cross and that this would take place five days later after he entered Jerusalem. So on that Sunday that he entered, his death would take place five days later. He knew this was coming. But yet, he still had a lot of other things he had to do until that death came. After he entered Jerusalem, that following Friday, Jesus was put to death on the cross. And this we call this Good Friday. That's the day that Jesus died. It was good for us because of what Jesus did. And then three days later, Jesus would, like he sold them, he would be resurrected, he would rise again. And he said this showing that, that he, he, he was going to rise again to show the world that he truly was the Son of God. He was the Messiah, just as he had always said he was. The world was going to have to realize Jesus truly is the Son of God. And in the process of Jesus' resurrection, some things happened. First of all, Jesus conquered death, he conquered sin, and he conquered the grave. So all who would believe in him could have eternal life. You know, that's pretty good, isn't it? Jesus comes. He takes away <coughs> death, sin, and the grave. Many people say, well, the, but the body's buried in the grave. Yes, the body's buried in the grave, but the spirit is not. The spirit is the inner man. The spirit is the true body. I mean, the true man in the body. This body is merely, the Bible calls it a house or a tent in which the spirit lives while we're walking here on this earth. The moment we die, as Paul said, to be absent from this body is to be present with God. So the moment that this body dies, the spirit leaves it and goes directly to be with Jesus. So was there anywhere else in the Bible that says this? Well, in a way it is. What about the thief on the cross? What, what did Jesus tell that thief? Once that thief said, yes, he called him, Lord, you're my Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? This very day, you shall be with me in paradise. The moment that your body dies, your spirit will leave your body and you will be with me in paradise. What was he talking about, paradise? Paradise was another name for heaven. 
to another nation where God lives. And Jesus said, this day, this very day, you will be with me in paradise. So it wasn't a period of waiting and waiting and waiting until the rapture, like a lot of us are waiting for right now. Because many of us, probably, I I really feel like there's going to be a a number of us are still going to be here when that rapture takes place. That's nothing has to happen, and and most most of your theologians, when they're preaching, I've I've listened to them. They truly believe that we are so close to the to the rapture that they said, you know. Just look for it at any moment. It could take place at any moment because there's nothing else that has to happen. Nothing has to take place. Everything is in place right now for Jesus to come back. If you want to read about that, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, and it will take you through what is going to happen, take you through the rapture. It's, it's really interesting. Just take your time. Read what it says about how when Jesus comes back, he's bringing back those spirits that have already gone to heaven to be with him, to re-enter the body. Because he said, all that, he said that, that the dead in Christ shall rise. Those spirits he brings back will re-enter those bodies as they're rising. And us who are alive will be caught up in heaven. We don't die. But we get a glorified body. We get a glorified body. And we will enter into heaven without seeing death. And, uh, <clears throat> but he conquered death. He conquered sin. And he conquered the grave through his resurrection. And Jesus did all of this simply because he loved us. Can you imagine somebody loving you so much? that they would go through what Jesus did. Have you ever just really read what Jesus went through? The scourging? The, the, they called it 39 lashes, uh, pulling out his beard, the torture, the pain, everything he went through. And Jesus knew he was going to go through it. He asked God. He didn't ask to be delivered from this. But he said, Lord, it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But he wasn't talking about his death. He was talking about that few moments, that little short time that he would be separated from God the Father. What do you mean? What did Jesus say? Father, why have you forsaken me? God had to turn his face away from his own son for just a little bit. Why? Because when the sins of the world were poured out on Jesus, God could not look upon that sin. He had to turn his face from his son. And that will never, ever happen again. Can you you imagine how God himself must have felt not having to be able to look at his own son because of our sin that was poured out upon him? But God couldn't look at it. But that's what Jesus was saying. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Father, if it is necessary for us to to be separated for just a little bit, then so be it. So be it. And Jesus went to that cross 
of his own free choice because of his love for us. And, you know, we read Scripture, and I've, I've got it here, and I'm going to read it to you. We've heard it, we've heard it quite a bit. It's John 3.16 through verse 18. There's no more to this. It's about Jesus' love, but it also covers what if I don't believe in Jesus? Well, it's got that covered too here. Here in John 3, 16 through 18, this is God's love. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So whoever believes in him should not perish. Not to perish means perish means to be separated from God from all eternity. But he who should believe in my son Jesus Christ shall not be separated from me, is what he's actually saying. But he will have everlasting life. You will live forever. Your life will go on and on and on and on. It will never end up. And then in verse 17, God is saying, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He did not send Jesus to condemn us. He sent him so we could be saved. But if we reject Jesus and what he did on that cross, then he's going to be, he's going to be our judge. He'll have to condemn us. and He don't want to do that, but he'll have to do what the God's word says he has to do. But where does it say that he has to condemn us? Verse 18. He that believes on Jesus is not condemned, or he is not under judgment. If you believe in Jesus, you are not under judgment, but you are free to judgment. Because you were judged at the cross when you chose Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All sin, all judgment was taken away. In Romans 8.1, for now there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, the moment you accept Jesus Christ, there's no judgment. You have no judgment because you've already been judged at the cross, found not guilty because of what Jesus did for us. But now, listen, this is the consequences that we'll have to suffer if we do not accept Jesus. But he that believes not in Jesus is condemned already. Are you already standing judgment? <clears throat> but he has not believed in the name of because you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. After all that Jesus went through, all the torture, all the pain, all the bloodshed, everything he went through, there were still a number of people today in this world not believe in Jesus. He mentioned the name of Jesus. They laugh. And they said, the Bible said they would mock him. And they do. They make fun of it. Oh, you believe all this. This is a fairy tale. It's no fairy tale. This is God telling us how much he loves us, what Jesus, his son, did for us so we could have eternal life. And then we want to make fun of it. This is what is going to cause the tribulation. This is going to bring down God's wrath from heaven upon man because of his love for his son and our hatred for him and not believing in him. 
God says that that will not perish. It will not happen. I will bring down my wrath so strong and so terrible. Even the Bible says this will be a time of pain, trouble, and so forth that the world has never before seen and will never see again. God's telling us what's going to happen. That's why a lot of people don't like revelations. Well, that's scary. Well, God's warning us. He's telling us what is going to happen. That by believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you don't have to go through it. You've been freed from it. Matter of fact, over in Revelations chapter 3, verse 10, it says, For I will keep you from that days of trials. That is the tribulation. Because of our faith, our serving Jesus, our believing in Jesus, he says, I will keep you from that time. So he's telling you, you will not go through the tribulation. My church that believes will not go through it. So, you know, that, that ought to be encouraging right there to believe that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God, that he died for our sins. And we should believe it. And I mean, it's not a head belief, but it's a heart belief. You believe it in your heart. That's what the Word says. You must believe it in your heart. Just know that you know that you know that how much Jesus loves you. What he did for you to prove his love. And you know, when Jesus came in on that Palm Sunday, many people wonder what took place between Palm Sunday and his resurrection. What happened? What did Jesus do? I'm going to tell you. On Monday, the day after Sunday, Jesus cleared the temple of the money changers and the thieves, and he even preached a sermon in that temple. That was on Monday. After he entered into Jerusalem, he cleared the temple. He restored that temple back like it should have been. On Tuesday, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and he spoke to the people. He told them about the end times, about his second coming, the final judgment that was coming. This was called the Beatitudes. He taught the Beatitudes on Tuesday. Also, something else happened on Tuesday. That's the day that Judas came before the Sanhedrin and made a deal to betray Jesus. That took place on a Tuesday. Wednesday, that was a day of rest for Jesus as he was preparing to celebrate the Passover. It was Passover was just almost here, and Jesus was preparing himself to celebrate the Passover. Thursday, what happened on Thursday? First of all, he had his last supper with the, with the disciples in the upper room. That's what we celebrate here on the first Sunday, the communion. This is what Jesus is doing with the disciples in the upper room. They're having that last supper. The breaking of the bread, the drinking of the wine. 
And Jesus even told his disciples, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. When you do this, remember what I have done for you. Remember my love for you. Know how much I care. And when you do this, do it in knowing that I love you. And I think that's what we all need to do anytime we take communion. Is get it into our heart and into our spirit how much God loves us and why we are doing it. We're not doing it just to eat a little bread and drink a little, little orange juice. I mean, excuse me, grape juice. We're doing it to honor Jesus Christ for what he did for us on that cross. We're thanking him. We're giving him praise. We're lifting him up for the world to see because of our love for him. What happened on Friday? Friday was Jesus' trial. So called already figured out what they were going to do. They called it Jesus' trial. He was found guilty. They said, crucify him. They nailed him to a cross. He died. And they buried him. That was Friday. That's what we call Good Friday. All that took place on that one Friday. What happened on Saturday? On Saturday, not much. Why? Because Saturday was the Sabbath. They couldn't work. They couldn't do anything. So Jesus' body laid in that tomb all Saturday with Roman soldiers all around it guarding it simply because they was told that Jesus' disciples may come and try to steal that body out and claim that he rose from the dead. And they had Roman soldiers all around him. That happened on Saturday. And praise God, then came Sunday. Came Saturday. And our Lord arose from the grave just as he said he would. Never to die again. They thought they called him the first fruits. Jesus was the first man to die and never have to die again. Anybody that Jesus ever raised from the dead had to die a second time. Jesus was the first fruits, the first one to die and never have to die again. See, that's going to happen to us. We're going to, the body's going to die that one time and we'll never die again because of Jesus. <coughs> he came to give us eternal life through him. When all this was over, God's plan for the salvation of man was finished. It was over. It was finished. That's what Jesus said on the cross. Father, it is finished. What was he talking about? Father, that job that you sent me to do on that earth, salvation of man, I have finished it. It's over. It's through. It's complete. Salvation is here. That's up to us to receive that salvation. That salvation of Jesus through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So this coming Sunday, I will do a sermon, and I'll even tell you what, the, what it's called. 
why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus isn't there. He's not there. Now, I just wanted to bring this to you because a lot of times, this time of year, there's so much going on, Easter eggs, this, that, that we lose the meaning of what Easter or Resurrection Sunday really means. It's about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means to us or what it should mean to us. And like I said, there's so many people who don't believe it. But you know, that day of judgment, when Jesus is sitting on that throne judging, those people are going to look, why did I not believe? It's too late then. It's too late. We've got to do it now to believe in Jesus Christ, receive Him as our Lord and Savior. And upon this, we have eternal life. We bypass the tribulation. We bypass the judgment. We go to heaven for all eternity. But I just wanted to bring this to you tonight because like I said, it's too many times we actually forget what Resurrection Sunday Like I said, I don't know if any of y'all, maybe some of you have heard this before about what took place between the Sunday and the resurrection day. What did Jesus do? What happened in between that period of time? Now we know. Now we know. And everything he did was his love for us. Should we pray? Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for his death on that cross, for what it means to us today. Lord, let this just be instilled and fill our hearts, Lord, with his love. Lord, just thank you so much for everything you did for your love. Lord, just ask you to be with us. And Lord, there's times I know we need to be reminded of your love. We live in a world that many of them don't believe in you. They laugh, they mock, they make fun. But Lord, you're faithful Christians. Those that believe, Lord, one day, one day, everybody, everybody, Lord, that does not believe now, it says they will bow before you. They will bow before you. Lord, thank you that you're Christians right now. We bow before you each day saying thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us and for everything you do. Lord, may we be faithful in all ways to you. Lord, thank you for the people here tonight. I ask you blessings upon them. Watch over them, protect them, keep them safe. Lord, we come back here Saturday for the kids and their celebration Lord Sunday we'll be in here celebrating your death, your burial your resurrection and your great love for us and Father I pray these things in Jesus name